if nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, we would be living in a totally different format. We as journalists and activists have always found it very difficult to find people who will openly talk about being bisexual. Just don't think there are enough bi perspectives on bi issues. I feel like we've got to talk about it because we're really comfortable doing that. It can be really intimidating. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. Oh, well, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. I've always found myself at the mercy of gay and straight advice. You can have a bit of competition to see who's the better bisexual bruncher. This is Bisexual Brunch. Yes, welcome along to another edition of Bisexual Brunch with me, Ashley Byrne, with Lewis Oakley and with Nikki Hodgson. It's fabulous to... uh, uh, for you to join us uh, again in this third episode. Uh, listening figures are going up. Uh, we're still getting audience from all around the world. The figures in America uh, are shooting up, which is brilliant, and here in the UK as well. And we're also getting some fantastic feedback, people saying how refreshing it is to hear people talking about bisexuality. And the thing I think has touched me most, actually, has been the number of people who've been in touch with us. Not a huge amount, but it's interesting that they're coming to us of people who are saying that I'm not out as bisexual, but it's great to have to find you know that there's that you are giving us some kind of voice. You know, these are people who want to be out, but they don't feel comfortable about being out at the moment. And there's been we've had several private and personal messages sent to us on Twitter and various other places. So that's quite nice, isn't it? Oh, it's lovely. That's the point, isn't it? That's why we do this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and um, and Lewis, I mean, you've done a lot of work, haven't you, with with guys who are in relationships, married and all that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it is difficult, isn't it? It's very difficult for them to even reach out to something like a bisexual podcast. You know, the the fear, the, the fear factor that's there is, is huge, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that someone might see that on your recently played list? Absolutely. Uh, but I think what we're doing here is good, and I think it will reach the right people, the people that want to see it. Like, I've always known my target audience is closeted bisexuals. <laughs> <laughs> Once they come out, they take issue with me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need you anymore. They don't need me anymore after that. They're like, no. But closeted <laughs> bisexual people, they're, they're the people that like read my stuff. So I have a secret fan base, which is, I'm fine with <laughs> That's pretty cool, actually. I think that's cooler than having an obvious fan base. Now, Absolutely. Who needs those 10,000 followers? On <laughs> <laughs> and it feels that subtly we might also be making... Uh, a few waves when it comes to uh, other elements of the media as well. Uh, certainly, I- I've noticed the BBC have been running the odd uh, extra uh, sort of story that mentions uh, bisexuality. In fact, they were running a, a two-minute piece on their website um, uh, around the former swimmer Harry Needs uh, talking about coming out as uh, bisexual and saying that uh, uh, many people don't believe that uh, bisexuality exists. We hope to get Harry at some point to talk about uh, his personal story. You know, we talk about role models quite a bit, and in fact, we have another role model that's emerged in the form of a cartoon character. Who wants to talk to us about that? Which Who knows a bit more about this, this new Disney story this week? So a new animated Disney series, and it's being tagged as the first bisexual lead character... Um, so it looks like the, the show, I mean, I'm, I'm not a viewer of this, but it looks like the show's been going for a few years, um, and the main character is now, she's she's becoming a witch, apparently, 
And she's also now having a romantic relationship with one of the other girls in the show. So it's it's been a lot in the media. It's been talked about a lot, as always, with LGBT characters appearing, but even more so in kids' shows. So I did have a little look at some of the negative comments. That, what I'm going to read out to you. What in the world are these people thinking? This is not a topic for little kids. Um, and another one, perverts... I can't even read that, but horrible. <laughs> um, but then, obviously, a couple, a couple more positive comments. You know, people being thankful for the representation, especially by people. So, I mean, I think this is great. I don't actually see what anyone's problem is. I know that some people will say, you know, you should have been showing this to children. You know, what what will it be for the children? Um, to and you know, I think the some parents worry that seeing a bisexual character or an LGBT character will make their children LGBT. To which I say, every LGBT person has grown up with pretty much blanket straight people on TV and it didn't help. <laughs> yeah, what do you make of it, Nikki? Yeah, I think it's really sweet. Um, Dana Terrace, who's the creator of the series, said that she was a horrible liar, so she couldn't possibly sneak in her intention to put a queer character in the in the program you know she'd have to do it outright or not at all but she also made a point that she had been told by certain Disney leadership that she couldn't represent any form of bio or gay relationship on the channel at the beginning so that's interesting because I think this is obviously a sea shift from Disney accepting that you know it's high time to put bi and gay characters into their programs yeah no absolutely I mean it'd be lovely to talk to them actually the people behind it so uh, a little bit like our uh, we, we said the other week we were going to get hold of those uh those researchers uh, on the science into whether bi- bisexual yeah. men existed, uh, and we did. Uh, we're going to try it with this one, so hopefully we'll we'll be able to talk to them uh, in the next next few weeks. But yeah, it is good. It is nice to have um, the, and I think it is good to have these characters depicted in children's things. You know, we're not, we're not talking about sex for God's sake. We're talking about people's relationships, and you know, yeah. uh, and 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 kids of fourteen. I think she's supposed to be a fourteen year old. Uh, Dominican-American girl. You know, kids of 14 have relationships, don't they? Let's face it. That's where your relationships start, you know. Of course, and everybody has those formative experiences that they remember growing up when they're kind of exploring their identity and their sexuality. So if if you were to neglect that, you'd be neglecting an accurate representation of growing up. And in fact, actually thinking about it as somebody, as people who are bisexual, that that if we'd had that at that age, if we'd had role models that were aimed at us who happened to be bisexual, life might have been a lot easier, might it? If it was done right, which is what I always hold out with, after after the press release dies down and after there's two more seasons have passed, then then we'll then we'll know if this was done right. Because I do always think you're gonna have a bi character, but you you have to commit to it. There are some shows that have done really well with bi characters where it's been a it's been an ongoing thing and it hasn't been a oh they eventually died or they eventually came out as lesbian or whatever it is. Um, I think that by characters, they have to be handled well over time. So that's what I'll be looking for with this. Well, thanks, guys. Later on, we'll be talking to Luke Strong. He's the subject of this week's bisexual journey story. Luke is a gymnast trampolinist who's competed for Great Britain and is hoping to do so again uh, when the Olympic Games come round again next year. We'll be hearing uh, Luke's personal story. Uh, he recently came out as bisexual. But before we do, earlier this year, I went along to YouGov. They're the people who do all the statistics, look at the different trends 
uh, around all sorts of things. And I caught up with a lady called Chantelle Le Carpenter to find out what the latest statistics have been showing when it comes to uh, bisexuality and sexuality as a whole. Now, they were planning, actually, to do more research this year. We've not heard any more on that as yet. It's probably been affected by uh, COVID-19, of course, delayed in some way, shape or form. Um, but here's what she had to say earlier in the year about the latest statistics, the latest that they know uh, around the issue of bisexuality. You're listening to Bisexual Brunch. Now, Chantelle, up until a few years ago, bisexuality didn't appear on forms and statistics and things, did it? No, it didn't. Uh, it's a, a far more recent thing. It's something now that the Office of National Statistics, the ONS, now recognises and asks in their surveys. And uh, it's something that's far more uh, understood now that it is a, a legitimate identity to have other than gay or lesbian or uh, straight. What was the reluctance, do you think, in putting it on there in the first place? I think potentially it could have been because the people maybe not understanding. Once people have started asking about uh, other identities other than gay, lesbian or uh, straight, we found that this is a group that's emerging and it's growing, I think. And it's, it's grown more and more each year, which means that uh, I think these are people that maybe didn't feel they could identify as either of the binary uh, and now feel that there's a place. So potentially these could have been people that didn't feel that they could uh, have an identity or, or there wasn't a label for them. And so now there is, and it's great. I think it's a chicken and egg, which came first. I'm not really quite sure. Did we put the label out there first when people identified as it or did people identify it and couldn't find a label? Um, I suppose that's one for the one for the psychologists. <laughs> but of course, the term bisexual has been around for a long time. I mean, going back to the Kinsey period, the, you know, the research that he did back in the 1950s. So it's not been... You know, it's always been there to an extent, but it's just taken a long time for society to sort of catch on a bit, hasn't it? Um, yeah, I'd say so. At YouGov here, we uh, have asked uh, the sexuality question, including bisexual, for, uh, for I think for the entire of our existence. So we were established in 2000. And uh, so for the whole time that we're a very modern company and very new, um, we have asked uh, the question that includes uh, bisexual, but also other as well, to capture people who don't feel that they uh, define into the LGB or T. Now, that's interesting. So you, when you started, you started asking people about, about being bisexual. So we're talking 20 years now, amazingly. It's 2020 now. Yeah, 20 <laughs> What have you seen change then in that time in terms of the statistics around bisexuality? So in terms of bisexuality, I actually think when you're researching, it's great to ask the question and ask if people are bi. But more recently, we've been asking on the Kinsey scale um, because we think that might show a more truer reflection, especially for people who don't identify necessarily as bisexual but maybe have some of the traits of being bisexual or, or not being straight uh, or not being gay um, and we found in the last so in the last three years we found that more and more people are defining as something other than uh, completely heterosexual um, to the point that uh, in the youngest group now so in 18 to 24 year olds uh, there are now more people defining as something other than heterosexual than heterosexual which which is huge uh, but we see this for older people as well I 
I think people think that uh, it's just young people that are discovering themselves and are now talking about their sexuality and defining as other things. Uh, it's much smaller numbers, but we are still seeing this increase uh, amongst the over 65s as well. With more talk about sexuality and homosexuality and being gay and, and partnerships and all the rest of it and then bisexuality, whatever, do you think that has prompted more older people to feel more confident about revealing themselves as potentially bisexual? The data suggests that. Uh, so in the last three years that we've been running this and asking people how they feel on the Kinsey scale, 14% on our last run of over 55s uh, defined as something other than heterosexual. The first time we ran it, it was 10%. Now that's only 4%, but that, that actually is quite a significant 4%. Uh, and we expect to see that increase year on year. Uh, so the data is suggesting that, yes, older people as well are hopefully benefiting from uh, being able to talk about sexuality more. Talk to us a little bit about the Kinsey scale, because of course you can just say you're bisexual or not or whatever. But the Kinsey scale is quite interesting, isn't it? Because you're talking about, you know, we, we can be real extremes here. It could be 90-10, literally. Yeah. But you've still got an element of bisexuality or whatever it may be. What have you discovered? And, and are, there, are there any interesting, interesting statistics around the particular age groups or or whatever, around the Kinsey scale? So in terms of the Kinsey scale, um, for people that are maybe not familiar with it, uh, it's a scale from zero to six, zero being completely heterosexual, six being completely homosexual. Uh, we do find uh, amongst all age groups, apart from the very youngest age group, that the number that people most define as is zero, completely heterosexual. So it is a, uh, but it's getting close to half. Uh, as you'd expect, younger people are more likely to say they're something other than heterosexual. Um, is this because there are more young people that are bisexual or pansexual or, or, or defining as something else? Potentially, yes. Um, but I think that the data, what well, the data is telling us that, uh, but I do feel that it's, uh, it is a generational thing. And there are older people who, because we've seen that more, more older people are also coming out and saying that they are something other than heterosexual, that this is something that is applicable to all groups. It's just younger people are more okay, for very great reasons, are more okay uh, saying on a form or on a YouGov survey that they are something other than heterosexual. But that increase amongst older people is telling us that it is happening everywhere. Uh, it's just where the younger people are just more happy about saying it. Okay. So this is a real clear example, isn't it? And this happens with all statistics, I know. There's a clear example of how attitudes and things change and can actually influence those statistics and the way we see things, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. In the sense that our interpretation of it, of this, is really important because it could be what you're telling me, telling us there is just actually the, the tip of the iceberg. We might find in 10 years' time that actually a hell of a lot more people really bisexual completely i mean the most recent ons uh, of this national statistics say that two percent of the population define as lg or b that is made up 0.7 percent of that are bisexual and if you look at the last few reports that the ons the 2021 is to come out later this year it has uh, slightly increased we don't expect it to increase significantly but it has increased year on year so it's likely that we are going to see uh, this general trend but like i say my personal belief is I don't think 
that more people are gay. <laughs> I don't think that more people are bisexual. I just think that more people are feeling able to sign tick that box or are maybe more in touch with their sexuality and have thought about it more. There's more literature out there. There are more role models out there, um, bisexual role models that people uh, can see that have been in relationships with both men and women that people feel like, oh no, actually that's that's something that I define as and I'm I'm going to say that I define as that. Um, I don't I don't think that the, the gay agenda is truly winning and we're getting more people on side I do think that it's more people uh, feel comfortable to tick that box or, or are more aware of their own sexuality which I think can only be a good thing Now one of the things I know being bisexual um, being a bisexual man and, and um, um, moving in bisexual circles which is actually quite difficult to say actually because bisexual circles don't really exist gay circles exist straight circles exist mm-hmm. there isn't really a bisexual community in that sense there may be in the future maybe but what you do discover uh, actually talking to other people who you do find who are bisexual men and women is that the experience of men and women is very different mm-hmm. generally in terms of being accepted mm-hmm. and therefore i would presume that that also feeds into the whole issue of being open about it so are the differences in the statistics you find around men and women identifying as being bisexual definitely uh so we've done quite a bit of research on this um we do yougov does all of the research or the vast majority of the research for stonewall uh, sort of our leading lgbt charity and we found that a third so at 32 percent of bi people aren't out to anyone in their family uh, which that's a lot, but it increases to 46% for bisexual men. And what we find is that bisexual men uh, find it harder to come out or to be open about their sexuality uh, than bisexual women. Why do you think that is, anecdotally? I mean, and, and unless you've got statistics, have you got statistics to, to, to prove, to, to say anything? But, but where do you think it, why do you think that is? I don't have statistics to hand, but we did do a, a great deal of qualitative research. And what we found in the qualitative research is that... Uh, Bisexual men have uh, problems and uh, uh, not problems identifying, but maybe being open. Bisexual men, I feel uh, the patriarchy has a lot to play in this. In that, when a man comes out as bisexual, the assumption is that they're on the step, they're on a stepping stone, on a path to being gay, and uh, so being bisexual is not a legitimate uh, label to have. I think maybe the opposite happens when a woman comes out. A woman comes out uh, as bisexual, uh, they say, "Oh, you're just experimenting." You really fancy men, you'll grow out of it. The bottom line is, whether you're a bisexual man or a woman, people just think, oh, you just fancy men. So I think that plays, like, gender politics definitely plays a a massive part in that. And I do think uh, bisexual men have uh, a hard time of it because there is uh, an assumption uh, that as as soon as you sleep with a man, then you must be gay. Um, It's a zero-sum game. Indeed, indeed. I mean, how do you find it as as somebody who's looking at these things on a regular basis? I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? Mm. I find it really fascinating. There are reasons to be optimistic and there are reasons uh, to be quite sad. I think the reasons to be optimistic are, so at YouGov, we are political pollsters, but we also have a great deal of commercial clients. And we talk to uh, both our political and our commercial clients uh, about this sorts of um, research that we do. And I increasingly see, uh, as someone who looks at brands and I'm interested in the kind of uh, takes the, and, and, and campaigns, um, there are so many uh, brands, uh, not necessarily our clients, but there are lots of brands who are now uh, taking note and uh, thoughtfully using uh, their views on LGBT people or, or on equality um, to not only sell their product, but to tell 
everyone who they are. Um, we did some research last year. We've run it during Pride for the last two years. And we asked people, uh, this is the general population, not just LGBT people, we asked them how favourably would you look on a brand who did different activities. So the first activity is rainbow marketing. Uh, so I, I call it rainbow marketing. It's when they put a rainbow flag on, on yeah. the front of their shop window. Uh, they do look more favourably, uh, but it's relatively low. At the other end, uh, when a brand brings out uh, good policies towards LGBT uh, clients and LGBT staff, uh, that's when you start to see the really big numbers and start to see an impact. Mm -hmm. The fact that brands are caring more, they're listening to our data and the kind of responses that we're getting, that gives me a reason to be optimistic. Um, however, the other side of it is we do see from us and from other research organisations as well, um, we do see uh, levels of discrimination as well still prevalent. Uh, and I do think with bisexual people, it's sometimes not invisible, but not highlighted. Yeah, I mean, I was going to bring that up. I mean, have you done any studies or any, or have you got any information around how other people see or perceive bisexuality? Because I get the impression that, yeah, more and more people are identifying themselves as bisexual, but you don't see a change in the media. You don't really see much of a change generally in society in terms of recognising bisexuality. It's still people still assume people are either gay or straight, really. Um, I mean, the, the whole homosexual thing is, has come on leaps and bounds. People yeah. do you know, accept it very much, but bisexuality still has a long way to go, doesn't it? I think it does. What gives me hope is, um, and in this piece of research we've run for the last three years, we ask people how much they agree with the idea that they're, you're either gay or you're straight. And every year, the number of people thinking that there is this binary has gone down. The first year we did it, it was 27%. So over a quarter of the population felt that you're either gay or you're straight. That number, the most recent one, is now 19%. So it's one in five. Um, that is a relatively dramatic uh, decrease over three years. And then we we, we assume for, uh, for 2020, we expect it to go down again. So we think people are... Uh, more and more people are believing that the vast majority of the population do see sexuality as, as more of a sliding scale rather than uh, gay or, or um, straight. Interesting, isn't it? I mean, if Kinsey was here today, he'd be quite pleased, wouldn't he? <laughs> In many ways, <laughs> his, his theory is coming true over, over time. Um, you mentioned before, when, before we were um, actually recording, um, that there are lots of statistics and things that come out in America um, are there any differences with the in regards to how people identify in America or compared to Britain? Because the last time I came here, I, I interviewed Chris about bisexuality, and he was telling me that um, I think they were a bit more Americans were a bit more reluctant to identify as bisexual. I don't know. I don't know if you know anything to say about it. You don't have to if you know it. So the difference, are there any difference between the way people identify in the states to here? Uh, I don't have the stats to hand in in how they identify, uh, but I do. Uh, taking a broad stroke of the data that I do know from uh, the US compared to the UK is that the US are um, broadly a bit more conservative with a small c um, on these sorts of things but are not hugely behind uh, but that's my kind of broad strokes uh, I'd have to look into the data for, for a, a more <laughs> clearer view okay okay lovely to talk to you final question so what, what do you think are the challenges then in terms of you know for, for, for people a identifying themselves as bisexual think of themselves as bisexual or pansexual or whatever it may be for the future but also you know organizations campaigning and supporting uh, the bisexual community I mean you know we, we talk 
um, or he doesn't actually doesn't get talked about much. But there are issues around biphobia. Mm-hmm. There's suicide issues around for bisexual people are higher than amongst the LGBT community as a whole. There's all sorts of specific issues which don't get talked about. I mean, one issue that often gets talked doesn't get talked about around bisexual men is the whole issue of wanting to have kids and things mm-hmm. and the dilemmas and things they come up against with regards to that. There's all sorts of very specific bisexual issues, aren't there, that aren't tackled generally. How do you see how do you see it going forward? So I think the first one I talk about is the workplace. Uh, so we did some research this year about being out in the workplace. Uh, this is the place that you spend most of your time uh, and the next generation will be spending, you know, several years um, in we found that around a quarter of uh, lesbian and gay people are not out in the workplace, but this number, which is, is awful in itself, but it increases to 44% amongst bisexual people. Almost half of bisexual people feel that they can't be out at work. I think the second thing, uh, which I, I believe you, you touched on, it's uh, bisexual people operating within the LGBT community as a whole. Biphobia within the LGBT community is something that's not necessarily necessarily spoken about. But I think anecdotally from, from a lot of bisexual people, that can be one of the hardest challenges they face yeah. um, within their own community. Um, we found that, um, some work we did with Stonewall uh, last year, we found that one in four bisexual women, so around 27%, uh, and a slightly lower number for bisexual men, have experienced discrimination or poor treatment from people within their own LGBT community. So I, I'd say those are the, the, the two things to watch out for, and I'd be interested to see how which way they're going to go. The data shows that things are getting better. Um, Broadly speaking, in terms of the the whole of the LGBT community, uh, things are getting so much better. They're getting better. Even Republicans in America are are getting more pro-gay marriage. Even uh, people from quite conservative Catholic backgrounds are more, lesser, lower levels, but it's going in the same direction. So I I, I do have a lot of optimism for the future, but I think those are the things, personally, I I think we should watch out for. Chantal, thank you very much indeed. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. You're listening to Bisexual Brunch. Yeah, so that was me there talking to um, YouGov back in, uh, I think it was February, actually. Uh, Not a great deal has changed because, of course, they've not been able to do a great deal with statistics and things because everyone's been focused on COVID-19. My voice there was absolutely awful. <laughs> I've got this theory that I actually had coronavirus at the time, but I've not been able to prove it. Anyway, guys, listening to that, what do you what do you feel? I mean, it seems very hopeful, seems very positive, but though it seems very positive, I actually don't I don't um, sort of recognise many of those things. I mean, she was talking about more role models. I don't see more role models. The statistic about the issue of People be more accepting of, uh, people saying that you didn't need to be one thing or the other. The fact that that was improving, maybe it is improving, but it did seem quite a, you know, it did seem quite very positive to me. Was most people I think I know, most people I know, probably do think of people as being gay and and straight rather than anything else. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Really, can stats be behind the times? I don't know. What do you think? God, I think it's so complicated. I think one of the problems that we have is that, you know, we live a little bit in a, in a liberal media bubble to an extent. So the kinds of people we get to talk to are on our wavelength and tend to share our views about sexuality. So I was interested to see, you know, to listen to what, you know, she was saying there, because is that really what the state of the nation is? Do you know what I mean? Like, is that really what Britain thinks about bisexuality? That is curious to me. Obviously, all the statistics 
you were talking about, there was kind of like positive movement in the direction of acceptance around bisexuality and acceptance that it existed and that it's okay to admit it. And, you know, that has all got to be for the good. And it also sounded like a lot had changed in quite a short period of time. So in the sort of past five years, we'd had quite a bit of a shift, which I think would tie in with the beginning of a bit of a better, a, a bit of a better dis, uh, discussion in the media and some more popular culture figures coming out as bi, you know, younger people coming out as bi. That's what I've noticed recently. What do you think, Lewis? Oh, yeah. Well, I love my stats. Um, <laughs> but then <laughs> there is always that issue of, you know, 2,000 people who, you know, answer surveys think. And that's not being horrible to people that answer surveys. But obviously, I've, I've never been asked to fill in forms or anything like that. So it, it was always how reliable can it be? But look, I like I like what they're doing. I've got to be honest. I, I like the way they have asked the question because I think we all know um, from the work we we've done that there are a lot of people that have bisexual behavioural feelings, but they are resistant to use that bisexual title. So the way they do it by looking at the Kinsey scale and kind of asking people, you know, do you agree that you are exclusively heterosexual, exclusively gay, and, and pinning themselves on that Kinsey scale? I think it's a really interesting way to do it. And from, from that interview you did with her, it did kind of seem like they, they knew some of the nuances there and that they were aware of it because I hate research that will say things like X percent of gay and bisexual men are more likely to do this. I'm like, well, gay and bisexual men are completely different things. How can you look at them as, as the same thing? So I, I quite like the research. I think there were some interesting points in there. You know, about that harder to be out as bi and, you know, especially for, for the bisexual men. You know, to her point, I kind of feel like when you come out as bi, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. When you come out as bi, there's not just, I'm bisexual, that's it. What did you watch last night or whatever it is. When you, be when you come out as bisexual, you sort of become a spokesperson for it because people can't stand it. They just have a million questions. And, you know, their own perspective, like, well, no, but you can't be bisexual because you slept with more women than men. You can't blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think, you know, it's interesting to see that statistically, like, you know, that's reflected that it is hard to come out as bisexual. What do you guys think? Yeah, I was just going to say, I was thinking about when I came out, I came out as lesbian before I came out as bi. So I did the textbook thing. But the, in the other direction, you know, we always say that men come out as gay first, but I did it as a woman, which I think is interesting. And I wasn't, I don't think I was convinced that I was lesbian. I just thought that that was the terminology I should use for myself. But really, I was kind of confused. Like, bi was the obvious word. I just didn't use it. Well, so that's interesting. <laughs> but that's yeah. interesting. That kind of fits in with what she was saying, though, about, you know, people are more aware now. Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, perhaps five years ago, 10 years ago, or further back you go, people just thought, oh, my God, I'm attracted to the same gender. I must be gay. Um, and that maybe, actually things are changing we are being a little bit more visible so you're kind of realizing that yourself is like oh no actually mm. it is possible to be attracted to more than one gender which seems to be what the what the research is showing that maybe less and less people are doing that i think the problem is that when when you come out as bisexual as you were saying that it is this issue of you know trying to explain it people tend to be you know just literally fascinated by it in a way in a way actually when I first came out, yeah, I, similar to Nikki, I probably did come out as gay initially and then realised I was bi. And I remember coming out when I originally came out as gay. I remember, bizarrely, several straight male friends being 
fascinated by that as well, about the, the intricacies of what you got up to, <laughs> which is, was bizarre. But it's even more so with bisexuality because, of course, you know, their, their imagination runs away with them, doesn't it, when they start thinking about what these, what these rabid bisexuals get up to, you know. Right. Um, but it's interesting that I'm glad that they're doing a bit of research on the differences between men and women because I feel that often, again, the male side of things tends to dominate uh, in discussions in many ways. And I think on the bisexual female side of things, th there has been a sort of, um, I think, a little bit more of an acceptance that female bisexuality exists. But what worries me in that is that a lot of women who are bisexual really do struggle because of the the male-dominated world and, and you know, the, 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 whole, the whole thing about you know, having a boyfriend and having kids and all that kind of stuff, that they struggle to be taken seriously as bisexual. Do you know what I mean? That they can't actually, you know, I, I wonder if there's more pressure in a way, or I may be wrong, but maybe there's more, could be more pressure in a way on women to sort of suppress, not suppress it, but be bisexual, but sort of in a, in a straight sort of, climate if you know. do you understand where i'm coming from nikki it's sort of yeah that. i do well it's what what we call performative bisexuality isn't yeah. it so it's yeah. this idea that women might be truly bisexual but it becomes a kind of co-opted identity by their male partner that they're with yes. whereas with men maybe they're a bit more kind of independent with their sexuality and i think that is that is indicative of kind of the the norms and the power the power structures we have around gender, you know, about how men get to own their sexuality versus women. That's quite an old misogynistic thread there, isn't there, to that, I think. Yeah, and she mentioned that, didn't she? She mentioned yeah. pa the patriarchy thing, that exactly. basically it all boils down to that to an extent. Do you think, that, do you think that's true, Lewis? Do you think it is a patriarchal thing? Mm, yes and no. Yes, on the, on the whole thing of men be men and, you know, you can't deviate. I would say a lot of the guys that I've spoken to over the years that struggled with coming out of as bi have struggled because they, they think that the opposite, actually, that they think that by coming out as bisexual, no woman will ever touch them again. Um, and, and then there's that, that whole side of the argument with the idea that women will see you as less of a man and won't want to date you. So actually, if you come out, you'll siphon yourself off from a huge portion of people you're attracted to. So I think it's one of those things where probably boils down to individual experience and it's probably more of a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots of interesting things that she said and it'd be, I mean, I presume they will be doing more more research. Obviously, COVID, I'm sure, has got in the way and it'd be nice to... Well, it'd be interesting to see how those stats get impacted. It's 44% it, mm. of um, bisexuals not out at work. So I wonder how homeworking will impact that. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, abs absolutely. And of course, the other thing she mentioned was their relationship with Stonewall and uh, I know that all three of us here have had sort of uh, uh, have been skeptical as it were of Stonewall and it's <laughs> what it's done for bisexual people in the past we need to see some action don't we on some of these things it's all right doing these surveys but again you know organizations like Stonewall we've said this many times before but need to be doing much more for the bee don't they God, yeah, absolutely. Always, yeah. it's one of those things where you know, obviously, as you say, we get these re this research and it'd be nice for someone in that leadership position in the community to say, right, well, here's what we're going to do. And and for me to actually go as a bisexual man, well, that's a good idea. 
But I do find a lot of times, especially with Somal, it's like, oh. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. One thing she did say, which I thought was fascinating, was the whole thing of, you know, the marketing side of things and the advertising and uh, brands and all that kind of thing. And, and we have mm-hmm. seen in recent times more gay characters in adverts and all those kind of things. Uh, how far do we think we are from depicting bisexuality in advertising? Right. It just takes one and hopefully they sell out and people are like, oh, <laughs> there's loads of bi people. Let's <laughs> make more stuff for them. And, and, and maybe they'd like to sponsor bisexual brunch. Of course, that would be the first. That would first, be wonderful. <laughs> I think that I think actually what I've seen the trope that I've seen Ash in advertising is you use bisexuality when you're trying to infer that someone can't make a choice, yeah. or someone's greedy and is getting it all. So you, I don't know if you've ever seen those ads or you know that kind of imagery where you get a man or a woman looking to the left of them and there's a woman, and they're looking to the right of them and there's a man. It's kind of like oh, I can have everything, or what do I choose? And I, I don't know if that's a particularly good rendering of the bisexual experience. No, no, it's it's it's, it's, it's stereotyping again, isn't yeah, it? That's what it's exactly. all about. Exactly, exactly. Okay, well, guys, I'm sure we'll we'll uh, be talking about stats again at some point. Um, uh, uh, Lewis loves his stats, so we're bound to be talking about stats at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but let's do this week's um, bisexual journey personal story. Luke Strong, who's a 27 year old, five times British trampoline champion uh, and gymnast has uh, recently come out as bisexual he actually came out as gay originally and uh, but now he says he is bisexual and uh, earlier this week i got a chance to talk to him about his story i'm luke strong and i do trampoline gymnastics for great britain i've been on the senior national team now for the past 10 years. Fabulous, fabulous. And uh, I presumably you were planning this year to go to the Olympics, were you? Um, well, I was, yeah, but then kind of injury issues happened and then coronavirus, so it's been a little bit stressful and <laughs> not really sure what's going on. And what do you think will happen next year? Do you think you might be able to sort of pick the pieces up and, and go for it next year instead? I don't know. The annoying thing is I think I'll be back fit next year, but the issue is that I've missed some of the qualification events now due to having a broken ankle. So I'm like not far out of the mix, but like I'd need a little bit of help from other people to qualify maybe. I understand, I understand. Of course, the other the problem with this, of course, is that you've only got this opportunity every Four years, haven't you? Really, that's the issue with the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you know, but yeah, so excellent. Well, it's lovely to talk to you. And obviously, you, the reason we're talking to you mainly is because you recently came out and and discussed your your sexuality, and and you know that's it's very brave of you in many ways because people have been coming out for a long time as you know as gay and all the rest of it. But to actually say and actually be open open about the fact that you are. Uh, bisexual um, is quite difficult sometimes because people often want to put you into a, a pigeonhole, don't they, kind of thing. Tell us a little bit about your your background and your story and how you came to realise that you were bisexual. Well, I'm not even sure. I've never really spoke to people about it, but I feel like for me, I went like a different route. For me, I kind of, I've never been in a relationship still um, with boy or girl, but in 2010, I actually came out um and just was I don't know like for a little bit I was confused with my sexuality and wasn't sure and I wasn't really attracted to men I wasn't attracted to women I just didn't really know and then in 2010 I came out as gay and kind of started 
experimenting and doing all that with men and stuff like that. And it wasn't until like three years after coming out as gay that I then started experimenting with women. And then I was like, oh, well, I like this as well. And I like men. And I don't know, it was confusing because obviously for three years, people were like, oh, he's gay. And I was like that as well. And I don't know. I just think in this day and age, still people don't understand being attracted to both. Like people want you to fit in a box and you're either gay or you're straight. And I think sexuality is definitely more complicated than that. And people sit on a spectrum in different places. And Yeah, absolutely. When you realize that, when, when you get that into your head, and I've been through this as well, because I class myself as, obviously as bisexual. When you when it, when it sinks in, you think, actually, you know what? It is it is something that either alters or it, you're on a scale or a spectrum. You think, yeah, that, that's just, it makes sense in many ways. You know what I mean? But actually what tends to happen is, and I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, what tends to happen is that you you end up in a sort of feeling, I suppose, sort of pushed into a particular world, don't you? Cause like, for example, when I first, Sort of started experimenting. I'm I'm in my 40s now, but when I was in my teens and 20s, uh, I was, you know, I was involved in sort of fairly academic circles, political circles, things like that. It was easy for me to fall into the whole gay side of things because there was a lot of gay men around me, kind of thing. But if I'd gone down the route of my my dad, who was you know working class, went down you know went to down the pits, all the rest of it, and I carried on going you know going to working men's clubs with him or whatever. I'd have probably got into a relationship with a woman quite easily. So what I'm saying is it, it's very easy to find yourself sort of pigeonholed into one or the other, isn't it? And presumably that's what happened to you yeah, in those first, first three years. Yeah, definitely, because I've done gymnastics since I was like 11 years old now. So like during high school, I got like a lot of the gay jokes and things like that for a long time. And I don't know, I think that kind of played on my mind for a long time, but at, for, like I don't know, through all of high school, I didn't ever have relationships and I really was never attracted to anyone of any sex. It wasn't really for me. I was just always so focused on gymnastics and that's really all I cared about. So then when I kind of started getting feelings towards like men and stuff, I was like, oh, like, I guess everyone was right. And it was just easier to just be like, yeah, okay, I'm gay. Then it did was- you, so did you get, did you, when you were getting that bit of that prejudice about wearing a, you know, wearing a costume, leotard or whatever it may be, did you get resentful yourself about it? Did you start to think, I resent this? I resent being being told I'm one thing or another? No, I don't. I didn't ever feel like that. Like, I don't know, like there was times where like it was so bad that like it made me like sad and I didn't want to go to school and I just felt like I didn't fit in with anybody and stuff like that. So like it was upsetting, but I never like resented the sport because it's what I wanted to do and it's what I loved. And I don't know, like the way I looked at it was just that I was doing something that I guess not many people do and I was traveling the world and I was getting to miss school to go to training and I just think people were kind of a little bit jealous as how I looked at it in school. So, Yeah, no, I understand that. So when you you started to say you've not been into any full-time sort of proper relationships as yet, as you say, but when you, you know, experimented and got to know guys and that kind of thing, did you find yourself also at those moments when you were maybe seeing somebody for a little bit or whatever it may be, just having some fun, did you did you find yourself quite often thinking, she's attractive, I quite like her as well? Or did that come as a particular moment later on? Um, well, it, I don't know. For a while it was confusing because I obviously knew that I was attracted to men sexually. Um, 
but I'd never been with a woman. So I always used to be like, oh, like she's attractive and blah, blah, blah. But I never would pursue it or anything like that. So I was like, oh, you're gay. So that's kind of it. Um, then it wasn't until like a couple of years later that kind of the situation happened and blah, blah, blah. And I got with a girl and then I was like, oh, like I enjoyed it. And it was just funny because like all of my other gay friends who are men always have like, they're always like, oh, I could never sleep with a woman and doesn't do it for me. And like, they kind of just like joke around about how like <laughs> it kind of makes them sick a little bit thinking about it. So like listening to like my gay men friends speak like that, I was like, well, I don't feel like that and it doesn't make me sick and I would do it. And I think that's where kind of the curiosity came from. And then that's when I started experimenting with both and realized that both are fun in their own ways sort of thing. Did you... um did you get much response from your gay friends to the fact? Did you tell any of them that you'd actually been with a woman? Oh yeah, like that's the thing. Like I've and <laughs> sometimes I should probably keep some things to myself because I'm quite <laughs> an honest person. But I don't know, like they just kind of laughed. They were just like, oh, like I don't know, like you get a lot of the stereotypical, like oh, you're greedy and you're blah blah blah, like all of the stuff like that. So. Yeah, no, you, you do. You do get a lot of that. What about what about the women? I mean, have you have you been have you felt as though you've been able to be honest with the women that you're also attracted to men as well? Well, this is where it's kind of difficult because I feel like I don't know. Like I don't really know of many women who would probably get in a serious relationship with a bisexual man because everyone just is like, oh, you're gay, and <laughs> in a few years you'll kind of realize that you're just gay and you're not bisexual, and it's a phase and blah blah blah. What everyone says. So yeah, so like the girls that I've been with in my life are people who I'm kind of close to and that yeah. like have not had to kind of explain that part of it. They're just kind of accepting. And... Of course, there are also bisexual women out there as well, of course. So maybe we should be looking for the bisexual women. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't really know many of them in my life, funnily, funnily enough. Well, I think that's part of the issue, isn't it, really? That's one of the reasons why we're doing our podcast is because people aren't generally open about it, but there's probably a lot more out- people out there than we that we realise in a way, you know what I mean, if they were just able to sort of be open about it in, in, in many ways. Yeah, I think um, if society didn't dictate having to fit in a box, like people would be a lot happier with sexuality, that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Do you think there's a slight difference as well sometimes in, with certain people? And, you know, some people, we've done interviews in the past where people have said, I'm 50-50, men and women. And some people have said, I'm 80-20, men and women, or whatever it may be. And then there's other people who've said, actually, you know what, I'm, I'm actually more attracted to one um, sex more than the other emotionally or sexually. So, you know, I remember meeting a guy in Birmingham when we were doing some interviews a couple of years ago, and he was saying he was more he, he was more interested in having a sexual relationship with a woman, but he was more emotionally attached to men. And I don't know how it is for you, but do you think there is is slight differences in terms of how people are attracted to people, you know, both emotionally and sexually? Yeah, I 100% think that. Like I said earlier, like I think sexuality is a spectrum and people sit on it differently where that's where like the 50-50 comes from. But I think, I don't know, for me personally, there's definitely a preference and there's a big difference of men and women and kind of how I go about it and stuff like that. So I do definitely agree that you kind of, I don't know, sexually prefer one and like emotionally it's easier to get on with one and things like that. And do you think that changes as well? Do you think that alters as well over time, do you think? I suppose it depends on the person, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, like for me, I just think it would depend on the person because I get asked that question a lot, like, oh, like, who would you rather sleep with out of these two people or blah, blah, blah. And it, like, it is just 
who you're attracted to from the person, their personality, like everything about them. It's not always just about what somebody looks like. It's it's really interesting talking to you as, as a, you know somebody who's also a bi man because you don't actually get a chance to talk to other bi men often. Do you find that you're attracted to a certain type of? Because I find that I'm I'm attracted more to fairly feminine women and also fairly fey men. You know what I mean? Sort of in a, so so very similar in a way. Yeah. Um, do you find the similar kind of thing for you that you're attracted to men and women who've got similar characteristics in some ways? Um. Well, for me, I think it's kind of different with men and women what I'd go for, which is weird. Like in yeah. terms of like a brute, like I'd prefer like a brunette woman, and I'd prefer like a blonde man, like things like that. And I don't know, like I don't mind how they act either. It's just more of like if I get on with them as a person, like yeah, I don't know. Like it takes me a while to kind of let my wall down with people, so I think I have to have a good friendship and a good relationship with someone before like anything else kind of happens. So you've come out as bisexual. You've said very plainly that you're bisexual. What reaction have you had to that? Have people said to you, you know, actually I'm bisexual as well. Have people admitted it to them to you that they're bisexual too? Um, nobody in my life has done that who I know personally, but I have had messages on social media of people being like, oh, thank you for saying it. I hope one day that I can have the strength to do it. So I've had like some messages like that, but then... I've also had the other side of it where it's been quite negative from the gay community, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is a there is a, a, a certain amount of uh, of gay men in particular who think that bisexuality doesn't exist at all. Yeah, um, and it's not nice, is it? Because it's like, well, actually, you know what? We do exist. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like I found um, that the by I got a lot of positive messages from bisexual women who were really supportive and like like congratulations and stuff like that. But then from gay men it was just all very negative and being like oh like it's only a phase he'll come out again in a few years and just things like that but which is sad that it comes from the people who probably understand more than anyone what it's like to be bullied or put down for the person that you are so yeah no absolutely absolutely it's it's sad isn't it and hopefully fingers crossed over time that biphobia that exists will 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 go but it the only way it'll go, I suppose, actually, is for is by having people like yourself and others raising the you know head above the parapet and actually saying that they're bisexual. So there's more there's more role models, there's more people that people can look up to and say, actually, you know what, there are people out there that are legitimately bisexual. You know, that's quite important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So in terms of relationships, then and um, and and the future, I mean, what would be I mean, I'm not going to say you're not going to ask you to choose between a man and a woman. That's not the purpose of this. But what would what you know? You haven't got into a relationship yet. Is that what you really want? Obviously, you're you, you've got all your sporting side of things to do. You're very busy with that. That kind of thing's really important. But is it important to you that one day you will you know settle down with somebody? Is that what you want? Um, if I'm perfectly honest, I'm not really bothered either way. To be honest, like I'm not. I've never really been a person who's looked for a relationship or wanted it or needed somebody else like I'm really quite independent and I love my own company and I just like hang around with like my friends and things like that so it's not something that I'm like actively looking for but I wouldn't be completely against it if the right thing came along and yeah like you said like with sport I'm always so busy anyway so to like it always ends up like I speak to people and then it's just very difficult to meet up and kind of my lifestyle doesn't allow for me to be very flexible with things so it just kind of always dies out or I'm always training so then my one day off I want to just spend it watching Netflix with my dogs and not have to get (laughs) ready and go out for a date so like 
Yeah, like yeah. I don't, I don't mind. Like if it happened and there was somebody who loved animals and loved traveling, and we got on, then yeah, it would be fine. Of course, of course. Just, just finally though, how important is it to at least be able to be at one with yourself about the fact that you are, you know, that you feel the way you are, and you're able to be open about it, and to say that you're bisexual because there are a lot of people out there aren't there that you know probably aren't as lucky as you in the sense they've got something to focus on they've got a you know a career that's really important to them all the rest of it and that whole thing of the, the, the their secrets as it were you know they might get into a relationship with a woman and be married for 20 odd years and not be able to realize the other side of themselves or they might get into a relationship with a man and you know not be able to tell the man that actually they fancy women as well you know it's, it's a real it really affects people's mental health, doesn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. And I don't know, like I just, I do feel bad for people who kind of have to choose or have to like put themselves in a box and kind of stay there. I just think that you're on the planet for such a small amount of time that to do anything that's not making you happy is just a a disservice to yourself. So I just think, I don't know, experiment, see what you like before committing to things and I know that's easier said than done but yeah I don't know it is a difficult one because once you're kind of maybe married to a woman and then you have feelings for a man it's very difficult to kind of maybe get that trust back or yeah like not be told that you're 100% gay now so it is a difficult one do you think things are getting better or do you think we're not even there yet because when you think about it if it comes to like dating generally there's grinder and there's tinder you know, if you're bisexual and you want to be openly bisexual, it's not particularly easy, is it, really? No, I don't think so, because I think there still is such a huge stereotype where you have to pick one. Kind of society dictates that anything outside of them boxes isn't normal, kind of. And even even to fit in the box of being gay, like people are still treated terribly for being the, pe- the people that they are, so... And do you think the other thing is the fact that we're we're labelled as, or we, you know, the term is bisexual, and we've got that word sex in the middle, which you don't have it with lesbians and gay gay people generally, or straight people. The fact that it says sex, I think everyone seems to get the impression that that's all we're about, really, as bisexual people. That all we just want to have rampant sex all the time. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that quite a lot. Like, oh, you're just greedy, or <laughs> you're easy. Like people just assume that you just will sleep with anyone, which is not the case. <laughs> Exactly. They think, well, they think we're all having orgies and things all yeah. the time, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. Luke, thank you very much indeed for talking to us. I think it is really important that people like yourself do talk about it because they keep saying there's more and more people coming out as bisexual. But I find that that might be a great, it's a fantastic statistic to bandy around in the media. But I still don't know that many people in my own circle who are openly bisexual. No, me either. I think it's important that at some point in the future we're able to be able to just be oh i mean the problem is of course you don't walk down the road with a a thing on your head saying i'm bisexual do you you know that's the issue you know no. you sort of uh, you sort of defined by who you stood with or sat with at the time aren't you that's yeah. the problem but, uh, yeah, but anyway hopefully in the future <laughs> sexuality won't matter at all and everybody can just have fun with who they like and nobody will bat an eyelid <laughs> absolutely absolutely luke it's been lovely to talk to you thank you very much indeed and good luck with everything with the sporting side of things. I hope it all comes to fruition for next next time. Thank you very much. This is Bisexual Brunch. And that was Luke Strong, who is hoping to uh, compete as a trampolinist again at the uh, Olympics next year. He's got a few uh, injury worries, but hopefully 
he'll be there. And he came out um, this last couple of weeks as bisexual, having previously come out to his friends and loved ones as gay about 10 years ago. And it was a very revealing interview because, you know, he admitted he's not had a relationship with anybody. He's had a sexual relationship. He's not had a, a full-blown sort of relationship with a, a, a man or woman. And he admitted that he's attracted to men and women in different ways, but he's not quite sure how or where or whatever. Now, he's 27. And there will be people out there thinking, well, you know, he's 27 from him. You should know what, what he's doing by 27 kind of thing. What, I mean, what, what do you say to that? I mean, at the, the end of the day, people do evolve in terms of sexuality, don't they? And I mean, there will be people saying, gay people, and, I'm sh- and in fact, I think he, he said in the interview, you know, there are gay people saying, oh, um, you, you said you were gay. I thought you were gay, you know, and, and they, don't, they don't quite understand it. Yeah, I mean, what, what do we make of that, that whole evolving thing? And, you know, are we going to become, and we, people talk about the whole thing of, of fluidity at the moment, but are people, do people really generally understand that, do you think? It's never made much sense to me that you are the same in your sexuality for your whole life. And I don't necessarily mean that by identity, but I mean, if you think about it in terms of you don't enjoy the same kind of sex with the same kind of people your whole life, so why would your orientation not be fluid as well? Do you know what I mean? That's that's kind of how I've always seen it. So I just see it as like a, a stepping stone on the path to kind of, you know, realising yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Lewis? Yeah, it's interesting. I do think um, it is quite hard um, for people that have identified as gay and then come out as bi. Um, I've definitely had a few emails over the years um, from guys that have basically said, I'm too far down the rabbit hole now. Like, I thought I was gay because I liked boys and came out as gay. And now it's 10 years later, all my friends are gay. Everyone thinks of me as gay. You know, it's just too much now to come out as bi. So I I just kind of resign themselves to, to living in the closet. So to hear a story of someone being able to come out as bi later on, it's, it's quite quite nice and quite reassuring for a lot of people out there, I think. Yeah, I had a friend, actually, who, that similar kind of story as you're saying there, who was very uh, mixed in circles where he, met, where he basically met uh, gay men. And so he ended up in, uh, you know, gay uh, relationships and things and was happy for a while. And but it was obvious that he was he was bisexual, um, and he got to he got to a certain age where he he basically at one point tried to take his own life, and and he basically just after that after that point he just separated himself completely from his entire history, his entire past when it came to friends, uh, anybody he knew in that particular world, etc. Just just drew a line under it, and then about a year or so later, I discovered he was in a relationship with a woman, he was having kids and all the rest of it. And I've recently got in touch with him and connected with him. And uh, it's very clear that he went through a big crisis. And I mean, that is, you know, for people to have to end up doing that is is awful. And that that's where where I think the issues come. You know, we can do all these statistics, we can do all this research, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But nobody's really getting under the skin of that kind of issue, are they really? You know, I was with a, in a relationship with a man for two and a half years. Um, and some of the comments from people I thought were friends at the time, when I um, eventually broke up with that boyfriend and started dating girls again, were just horrible. And, you know, to the point where it's like, if I said this about you as a, as a gay person, you hit the roof. I can't believe that you're saying it about me and that basically you don't accept my sexuality. You only really wanted a friendship with me where you thought I was gay, even though I was always saying I was bi. You just kind of were like, oh, whatever. You, you know, it's hard. You know, and, and I do think as well, to your point about things that we're not are not looked at properly as a bisexual, I think you are more likely to kind of find yourself in those 
cultural differences depending on who you're dating. Because I've definitely had that a lot where it's like, oh, I'm dating a girl and the friends that are around and the things you're doing are a very more straight culture. And then if you if you break up and then you're, you're with a, a, a gay man, then, then you're in a completely different culture. And it's, it's hard to sometimes pull those friends through and, and pull the culture through. It's, it's a bit tricky. I don't know how you guys think about that. Absolutely. I think that's, I was just about to say that, Lewis, that you, when you're bi, you often live in this kind of liminal space between being queer and straight and you flip between the worlds. And if you break up with someone and you pivot, then your whole world and your whole community changes overnight. And it's a really, really strange sensation. And it's very destabilizing in many ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. And it, it's sort of, I think a lot of straight people don't understand the intricacies of the gay world and the gay issues, the things that people come up against on a regular basis. Uh, and I think it was refreshing a year or so ago where Netflix did a series called Eastsiders, which really honed in on the a gay uh, male couple in America and the things they were getting up to you know there was there's all sorts of things around uh, their, their open relationship and all the rest of it you know often people in the straight world just don't get all that and that you know and I'm not saying everybody's in open relationships but you've got to explain all that and it, it, they don't you know it's not something you can have as a, a general conversation when you nip round to the relatives who happen to be straight you know you're not going to be able to say oh well you know we're in an open you know it just doesn't come up so I always think there's a separation there and equally on the gay side I find I'm in a I, I'm bisexual, but in a gay-facing relationship as with a gay man, that we get very. This is interesting because Lewis is obviously having a, a child at the moment, but we get very bored with the whole kid thing. You know what I mean? That, that actually, the straight people are always going about kids constantly. Oh, kids, this or the other. It's like, oh my god, you know. And you just get you get to a point. You think to yourself, well are we sort of second-class citizens now because we haven't got kids and we don't mm. want kids? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, that can also affect um, straight people who don't want kids as well. I know that. I understand that. But you understand that they're, 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 they are different worlds, aren't they, in many ways? Completely different worlds. And what I'd really be interested to see stats on, because I don't think I, I've ever seen any research on it, is how many bisexuals stay in a bad relationship? Because, yeah. it's, you know, it's not just... When you leave a relationship as a bisexual person, you're not just leaving that person, you are oftentimes potentially leaving that culture. And also oftentimes there are things factored in like, oh, the ability to have children or the ability not to have children or the connection to the LGBT will be gone if I then start dating a straight woman. There's a lot into it. I wonder how many bisexual people sometimes feel, oh my God, I'd rather just stay and work this out when they shouldn't. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we're, you know, we keep saying this, but the three of us are very lucky, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, so lucky. <laughs> you know, that word. <laughs> to have to, <laughs> to have partners that are, are so accepting, you know, is 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 fantastic, really. And, um, you know, I think at some point we do need to look at that and look at it from a partner's perspective, uh, both positive and negative, hopefully to, you know, bu- really bust a few myths. Really. We did an episode where we just put our partners on. Like, I was about to, to say the same thing. See what they said. See what they <laughs> talked about. <laughs> yeah, that would be fascinating. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. We should, we should. Well, thanks, guys. That's the end of this week's uh, bisexual brunch. Next time, uh, we'll be hearing from Tim Manley, the American actor and writer and bisexual man who created the uh, web TV series uh, called The Fields, which is all about the exploits of a bisexual man. We'll be hearing all about that, uh, but also hearing Tim's own uh, personal journey, you know, his personal bisexual journey story 
uh, on next week's Bisexual Brunch. That's amongst other things, other things to talk about. Hopefully we might even uh, catch up with the the people behind this new uh, cartoon character as well. Okay, well, that's Bisexual Brunch for this week. If you've got any comments, thoughts, musings, do get in touch with us at at Bisexual Brunch on Twitter. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye for now. I've got to go because I'm starving, and there is literally never any food, and it's called Bisexual Brunch. (laughs) (laughs) This program is an MIM production. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.